thoughts? Hey, Danny. Happy 4th of July. Happy 4th of July to you. How did you celebrate your independence? America. Just celebrated America all day. Just America things. What does that even mean, right? <laughs> how, how, how exactly did America become like the most self, self-proclaimed patriotic country on the planet? I don't um, even know. Yeah, have you ever seen the the opening to the newsroom? I think it's the newsroom. Oh, right? uh, newsroom was with Jeff Daniels, right? That was great. Yeah, there was uh, the opening scene. Uh, my my brother got me into it because there's the opening scene where of the pilot episode of Newsroom, uh, where he's basically sitting in this interview and someone says like, "What makes America the greatest?" and he's like going right. back and forth on all this stuff, and he just goes nonstop about how it's not the greatest and like how it was the greatest and all this stuff is so interesting. I don't know. I think that, you know, through the years, it's just, you know, we've been told it over and over again. It's a great nation. I love, I love living here. So, um, right. No doubt. I, I, it's really I, I do think it's a great nation. This. I think we're, we're pretty fortunate. I mean, we talk about it, we touch on it, but we don't dive into the aspects of world politics probably as often as we shouldn't. Nobody really should. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think America is a great, is a great country. And I, I think we've both traveled enough that we have the right to say that. But also, I think that there's something to be said for, the mentality. I, I think the ugly American is a thing. I've experienced, I don't know if you ever read the ugly American, but just the mindset mm-hmm. of the ugly American being focused on, I mean, it, it's not necessarily a malicious, but an egocentric mentality that kind of neglects knowledge about other world cultures. But it's also, mm-hmm. it's also, I think, overplayed. I think America is a great country. And I think materially, we're obviously more fortunate than just about anywhere else on the planet. But I also think that sometimes America can be pretty focused where it's also not fair to say that because a lot of European countries border each other's not just physically, but they border each other's cultures more naturally. Mm -hmm. And so there's more like, I guess, understanding of like what's going on in Spain if you're in France, I guess, you know, but, um, but I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe that's not true. What do you think about that? I don't know. I mean, I think that I visited a lot of countries and there's a lot of great countries and a lot of countries that are a little bit maybe not as well off are still great. And right. I think that I've never visited a country where I didn't really leave and I'm like, this is great. Like even when I was in Cuba, maybe it was different experience, but it was still pretty great. And I think that we have this kind of mentality of like, it's America, it's great. And, and you know, 4th of July fireworks, which we'll talk about a lot, but, you know, and doing stuff like that. I think that I think that it's nice that we at least, you know, we're really proud of where we live. But like when I go traveling, so is everyone else. So it's kind of right. I'm like, I hope that everyone really loves their country and, and loving yeah. what they're doing out there. But I mean, I I think I celebrated Fourth of July doing America things, but also things that everyone else does in the world. Here's what I did, Danny. Okay. I woke up, made myself some coffee. Okay. America. <laughs> Hashtag America. Hashtag America. Um, called up my friend. Um Frank? I expected the next line of that to be. Then I watched obviously Team America World Police on repeat. And then I watched Die Hard, one, two, three, four. Um, and then I, I called up Frank and, and Heather, me, Frank, and, and his buddy Eli. We went out hiking, hashtag America. Um, then I did something real America, real 4th of July. Did you know that 85% of people that, I don't know the Weber statistic, but 85% of people on the 4th of July grill. Now, I don't know if that's 85% of people that own a Weber grill are actually grilling or if you're, are you grilling by association by being in a person in a, in an outside air, outdoor area where people are grilling? I if you're not so. grilling? I must include that. You, you attend a, an activity where grilling is commencing. A grilling uh, event. So we got home from, we got home from hiking. We did a really great uh, hike 
and we were starving. So I went to the QFC, the local fries Kroger chain over here. And we just got like, you know, turkey. I got, I'm a big turkey person. So I got some like ground turkey. I got some turkey sausage. We got like corn stuff. We're just like America out and just grilled on my induction cooker, you know, real, <laughs> real, like, you know, no flames or anything. Just like did that. And that, that was my, that was the day when we saw fireworks. It was great. Um, I, that was kind I, of like how we did it. I, I, I also, I did, um, a similar, a similar, well, I, honestly, I did, I honestly worked on the 4th of July. I had to get up early. I had some shows that were early. Mm-hmm. I did a chess today show and then I had the show that I couldn't cancel with, with John Urschel, um, who, uh, was preparing for this celebrity chess match with, with, uh, Hutch from, you know, big video game Twitch guy. Um, so I couldn't get out of those things, but I did leave work as early as possible to, to be a good dad and husband. And we, we hung out. We also grilled. Then we, uh, we went to the fireworks and, um, Kids love it. Atalia, the the baby, went through all natural fireworks emotions. Starts out with you know like fear and and frightened as like what in the world is I mean who's <laughs> setting off the bomb like what's going on to to like you know mild curiosity like once she realized we were holding her she was fine then it goes to excitement where she's looking at you to make sure you also saw all of the 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 flashing things in the sky like for like five minutes straight like she wants to make sure you saw everyone and then it led to boredom where she was literally (laughs) this was hilarious talia was trying to swipe left on the sky (laughs) she was like she was like no she kept saying no She kept saying no and just swiping her hand to the left, dude. I actually got a little bit on camera because it was hilarious because she was like, she was trying to turn the fireworks off. Oh, my goodness. And um, anyway, so that's what we did. And and then, you know, we, we took the kids home. And Fourth of July is one of those experiences when you have four kids that every time you do it, you ask yourself why you did this again. And and like I said, it's the reason why you have four children, because clearly you have the ability to forget. If you didn't have the ability to forget, you would not have four children on the planet because no one, no woman would ever do it twice if she couldn't forget. And no man would be like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Let's do it four times. Um, you know, I'm just being totally honest here. Right? So, so obviously, Fourth of July reminds you of your ability to forget as a human being, to create another experience with your family, which you love. I'm sure the kids love it. And you afterwards, you get home at like 11 p.m. after just hell, honestly, like getting through traffic and getting out of parking. And um, and you just kind of look at your wife and you go, what? Like, what just happened? Did we do that again? So <laughs> we, we I used to do when I lived in Arizona, I used to do the Phoenix, the Tempe ones. And yeah, that's a good one. Terrible. The Tempe marketplace. Yeah, it was, I mean, they're great fireworks, but it's like terrible. You got to drive in there. You got to find a spot. You're not getting out of there ever. You know what I mean? Um, that's the only problem with fireworks. So here we only go to things that are local. So we just like walked to our buddy's house and went onto his roof and I was like, boom, you know, right on the water, which is great. Last year we walked down to Gasworks park and that's where they fire them off from. So they're right there. And, but I see these people, they're like, Oh, why did I, why did I even try to drive? What am I doing with my life? You know, at this point you're just like, Oh, but it's fun. I think what's interesting this year about fireworks is I think we always want to be overly impressed. Like, like we want to be blown away. So when there was big ones, there's a lot of them We're like, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. And, and I kind of almost want to like fast forward parts. Like I don't need 30 minutes of fireworks. What right. I need is like 10 minutes of fireworks. Just keep it going like action packed. You know what I mean? Right. And because there's some points where you're just like, oh, I'm going to like, it's a little late. Like they didn't start till 1020 here. And I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of old now. I'm 31. Time no, we had the same experience. It wasn't yeah. quite as late, but it was the same reaction for us. It was because we're we're on Pacific time, but we're that much ahead of you in the physical Earth plane, and so we, you know, we are started about like nine twenty, mm-hmm. and they also went on for half an hour. And at a certain point, I was like, 
like yeah that could have been that could have been 10 minutes of awesomeness like is a half an hour really necessary you know it's like it's like when you're watching lord of the rings extended cut (laughs) how much are like people gonna walk you're like how many people had to sit in a room with peter jackson and say yeah pj that's a good idea let's keep that scene like how many people it's not just that peter jackson was out of control during those movies it's that so many other people had to not have not have the guts to say you know what peter i i think you're i think you've crossed the line here you know, <laughs> I think that's, I think we're good. I think we're good here. I think you, you've you've gotten your point. They can walk. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my goodness! It's so true. PJ PJ got on a leash, but I'll tell you what's not who who doesn't need to be put on a leash. Mots when he's keeping the coffee hot. So tell us about this new little uh, one of your one of your favorite new little tools that you you discovered. Well, you know, if I'm not making tea, I'm making coffee, and if I'm not making coffee, I'm making more coffee. And right. I'm actually on my fourth, uh, no, second pour over today, which is pour over of 500 milliliters. So I'll drink about a liter of coffee today. Right. And here's the thing. Like, so we're going out hiking. So we got to get up early. We got to go out. Um, you know, we're out and about. The thing is I make the coffee and then I got to go right away. Or I make a big, you know, amount of coffee, like a pot of coffee. And how many times have you been in the situation you got your cup, you got some extra and you're like, oh, I'm going to like have that pot there. It's good. Now I don't have like a normal coffee machine. So it's just sitting out. It's going to get cold. And then that poor coffee is now cold. You can't reheat that. You can't twice bake that. They're not big beans. Can't, can't refry them. It doesn't work that way. If you, if you, I call it refrying coffee. When you refry right. coffee, that's a bad situation. That's a right. bad day. Right. It's a bad day for the coffee. I, 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 he will go nameless uh, due to, to protect the innocent, mainly his children. But I have an uncle who reheats a coffee pot from previous several days. It's a sad, that's it, a sad is, day. It's, it's a bad, it's a bad thing. So Heather, a year ago, found me this amazing mug. Now, I'm not a big mug person because mugs kind of, they can, it can take flavor and they're usually plastic and I don't like this thing. But this mug the Zo- Zojirushi, it's, it's is like, I think it's Japanese or Taiwan, one, one of the two, right. uh, I forget where we're from. This is the most amazing stainless steel coffee mug ever in the entire existence of stainless steel mugs or mugs or anything in the existing world. I just bought my third today. Heather got me one. I got her one. I said, I got a 20 ounce, but I also need a 12 ounce. So <laughs> let me tell you, let me tell you, Danny, I woke up in the morning, 730, made a Chemex, right? Drank a little bit. It's still hot. It's still hot. Seven hours later. Oh my gosh. Yes. Now this, it sounds like heaven. And I, and I got, I, uh, my, uh, a friend of mine got me one of those thermal cups at some point. I was surprised with how it could keep things cool, but I have yet to also find a good travel coffee mug that I really like how it keeps it hot. So this one must have like tiny little gnomes that just like, like create their own energy at the bottom of the, of the, Zog Zojirushi, right? I mean, what's the technology here? Not gnomes? It it is a bit gnome magic, but no, I mean it essentially they use this crazy, they have a nonstick crazy interior magic sauce. It's BPA free, it's like chemical free, it does not alter the taste of any of your drink, and it makes everything hot or cold. So, like if you have cold stuff in there, it keeps it cold. If you got hot stuff in there, it keeps it hot. And wow. like it is bananas. I swear by these. Like you buy one of these. If if anyone, I will refund you money if you buy this. <laughs> Amazon will refund you money. You have Mots once again guaranteeing a product that he's not being endorsed for. And he should you should be I mean, I don't wanna like call every company in the world out, but I'm gonna do it right now. They should all be sponsoring you to talk because you're like you're like one of those guys, you know when you listen to the infomercial and they give their 
they're, they try to give their most authentic thing. Like, you got to call this company. It's like the local radio guy, right? Mm-hmm. Most of the time, it's repeated and it's disingenuous. And you are like, it's like, have you ever said I love you and the person didn't just melt on the other end? <laughs> like, do you like it always means something coming out of your mouth? And I don't even know how you do that, but you do it. And it's because it's the truth. And I love this thing, right? Now, I mean, let me just read you this line. And while you'll be blown away by this thing, one, they have a five-year warranty. But someone asked on the Amazon page, how does it keep the beverages hot or cold? Well, they have a renowned, now think about this as I say it, they have a renowned vacuum insulation technology. Think about this. Air between the two thin layers of stainless steel on the outer container is removed, creating a vacuum right? So it's super insulated and it's a vacuum that sucks out the air because there's no air. The temperature on the outside does not transfer into the container, keeping your beverage hot or cold for hours. There's no impact on the outside world. It's like your coffee is inside of this magical tube that, that, that no one else can get into until you're ready to open it and pour yourself another cup of it's joe. It's the same. I'm pretty sure I saw that technology being used, um, you know, by Matt Damon in The Martian. So, I mean, <laughs> that's, what it, that's what it sounds like. So Exactly. Well, speaking of movies, I understand you, you actually saw a movie, not The Martian, but you did see another movie that you're excited to tell me about. I can't wait for this. Give me, my brother and I like to play a game. Give me the 30-second preview of why this movie needs to be seen. Okay, so I actually wrote a a blog on this, a a micro blog. I have a micro blog. So Baby Driver is a movie. I walked in not knowing what to expect. This is a heist slash music-ish type music, but it's a heist movie first, okay? I didn't know what I was going to expect, although I knew it was written and directed by Edgar Wright. Big fan of the Edgar Wright, um, Shaun of the Dead, a bunch of other great movies. Amazing stuff. Let me tell you, I was blown away. An amazing soundtrack, 30 tracks, which I've purchased the album, first album I've purchased in 10 years, because I just, you know, stream um, right. and I have a subscription. The characters you super fall in love with, you fall in love with this this young kid who's like this driver, his name's Baby, hence Baby Driver's a movie. The action is ridiculously over the top. It's super fun. It's super funny. You ca- And you care about all of the characters, all of them that are coming and going into these heists. And it has a great ending. It has a great center point. Like you just care and you love it. And like they drive and stuff blows up and it's great. Okay, that's it. Uh, you literally just, you probably just described what, 99% no every moviegoer wants right you want to care you want to see stuff blow up and you want to fall in love and you just did it you made it you made yeah. it so it's amazing wow. I mean I went in I went to the Cinerama down over here and I didn't know what to expect I've seen a few trailers and I was like eh whatever but dude Danny this soundtrack is so good I'll have to send you a link I think there's a Spotify playlist of it but it's like it like spans all eras and it's but like should it's, I listen to the soundtrack before seeing the movie you totally could Okay, so that's not yeah. going to, I mean, I'm not going to listen to a song and then do that thing where Danny, like, predicts the ending by, by via song. No, no. <laughs> okay. No, I don't think so. That, have you done that? All right, well, I've been known to predict an ending based on the tempo of a soundtrack. Yes, I have. Mm. No, I, uh, I know that may be mind-blowing to you, but if you just know the, uh, you know, the order, the timeline of it, and then you kind of be like, oh, this is what's going to happen. Okay, so, so maybe don't. Maybe don't. <laughs> okay. I also am wrong most of the time in my life and remember most of the times I'm right. So mm. um, I, I, this all could be, I mean, I literally could be making up all of this right now and I wouldn't remember it tomorrow. Hashtag memento, hashtag Guy Pierce, hashtag still an underrated movie. Um, Very true. Great movie. Great flick. So, all right. Well, you know, I know um, 
Okay, I, I'm going to see Baby Driver. It sounds like a movie I could almost get my wife to go see. She refuses to see anything that would bring me joy um, and wants to see movies that she likes. But um, mm-hmm. it sounds like I might be able to, to trick her into seeing that movie. I may go back with Heather. So Heather didn't go with my other buddy, Aaron. And I think it's so good that I want to see it again. Okay. And I think Heather would like it. Now, she doesn't like... She likes action movies, but she doesn't love movies where there's like just tons of like killing or like even a that, war that's movie. That's the Shauna's like thing. Yeah, Shauna's like, "Hey, I don't like violence," and I'm like, "What are you, an American?" <laughs> like, <laughs> there's there's going to be some killing, but it's not over the top. It's it's like if you saw um, Drive, it's like way less intense than that. Yeah, there's some heists and stuff like that, but there's really not that much killing going on. There's a lot of driving and a lot of action. I mean, Heather Heather sat through Deadpool and she laughed her butt off during the entire thing. And I'm like, if you can watch Deadpool, I'm pretty sure that you can watch uh, Baby I know. Shauna, sometimes I trick her into seeing movies like that. I, she also enjoyed Deadpool. Shauna did. And, but so she funny. also secretly has a crush on Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, so there are like three guys in the world that my wife would leave me for in a heartbeat. Jimmy Fallon mainly for the humor, um, the uh, Ryan Reynolds and then John Cusack. Somehow she is trapped in an 80s romance novel, 80s, 80s, like, romantic comedy, and she loves John Cusack. Oh, my so, goodness. So there you go. So those are my... But all right, so enough about that, and let me ask you, Mots, because you spent a lot of time using technology for good. You spent all this time explaining to us vacuum technology that I'm not even sure is really a thing. I, I'm still going to go with the gnomes, sort of keeping it hot or cold, but tell us tell us another reason why technology is ruining our lives or perhaps improving our lives this week. Yeah, it's very interesting. You know, the 4th of July, the fireworks, it got me thinking. It got Twitter a buzzing. And uh, this guy, Brian Green, tweeted out this really interesting um, photo of all the different colors of fireworks that you see and what kind of chemical compounds are in them. So red has strutanium and white is burning magnesium and all these different things. Obviously, yellow has sodium compounds with calcium and barium. I just happen to know that. I didn't click on the image. Naturally. Uh, Blue is copper compounds, green, barium, or boron compounds. Right. And it got me thinking. These are things you and I just know. We just know off the top of our heads who 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 doesn't know that. Right. Um, and it got me thinking about the overall impact of fireworks, right? These things are going off everywhere. This is a multi-billion dollar industry of not only just fireworks, but how much smoke is up in the air? How much is this actually harming our lives? Like we love this 30 minutes of enjoyment, but is it really taking a toll on the world? Because as you know, the main ingredient inside of fireworks is black powder. Right. Black powder. It's, it's gunpowder. Yeah. Gunpowder. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's not good. So what's your question? Your question is, so the science in fireworks is it's a new I like that image, by the way, I actually just retweeted it. um, And uh, maybe that guy's even worth a follow there. I'm checking out his uh, his little Twitter feed. But so your point is, maybe this is all just coming back to our entertainment. Like, let's make fireworks shows five minutes long and cut Mm -hmm. down on the amount and just give me the grand finale. Exactly. But at the same time, what's interesting about how technology itself it may change the future of fireworks and how the beloved entertainment business is impacting it is really interesting. There's a great article on The Verge because if you think about it, the same stuff that goes into fireworks goes into explosions in movies. And right. the biggest problem, even at a fireworks show, is what? Smoke. If there's any wind, smoke kind of like, you know, um, and the smell of all of it. So there's like all these multiple things. So kind of leading scientists inside of the entertainment industry and the U.S. military, their research department, they're working on a better, cleaner firework, which is kind of amazing because what they really find is that there's these 
perchlorates, which are essentially the harmful stuff that's out there um, that are being used in red, green, and yellow flares and things like that, they're working and they've already created some safer, cleaner compounds for this, which is really cool. Now they're expensive right now, just like anything else, right? Right when it's when things first come out. But over the next few years, they're hoping to transition this and use the technology and the science to use these replacements to make them even less expensive than they are today. So soon we may even start seeing in some different cities smokeless fireworks, which is amazing. That would be that would be a magic trick. I would mm-hmm. I would I would pay the bucks to be at the first one of those because I would like to see something that explodes in the air and leaves no residue, no trace. Yeah. Right. Leave no trace behind. I love that. Um, and I think I think that in general, when you think about this, like how could you know, I think there's a big opportunity here for cities and for constituents to kind of stand up and say, hey, I would I want, you know, some greener fireworks. I want some, you know, I want I want this, you know no smoke going on like I'll, I'll pay an extra 10 bucks i'll pay an extra 20 bucks to go see that like who wouldn't want to see that and like because it's you know you always we're always taking those photos right you're always t- i'm always taking photos of um i'm always taking photos of of fireworks and they always look terrible and then you go on like twitter later and you're like well how did they do that right well they they went in they removed all the smoke what if you could just right. have amazing glorious photos all the time do that. why can't we just remove all the smoke and you know discharge and residue from I don't know, cars. I, I mean, I, I guess I'm like, I, I obviously I know everything is different and I'm just like, you know, comparing apples to oranges where, it, where it'd be convenient for me, like mm-hmm. most Americans. But, <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. And it, what makes you think like, all right, is that, is that brain power best used to make a cleaner firework or could <laughs> we use it somewhere else? Or is it, That's true. you know, am I just overthinking? I'm probably overthinking it. You're probably it's, overthinking it. Yeah. <laughs> but, sad, but it does sound, it does sound pretty awesome. So, yeah, so I mean, yeah. So this week it's more science saving our lives as, as normal. Um, right. I have a really good one for the for the next few weeks uh, of technology itself, saving our wildlife, but I really want to get into, which is super awesome. No, you did good, though, because it started with technology. I mean, the pyrotechnics of fireworks shows, mm-hmm. as amazing as they are, the technology is ruining our lives as long as it's leaving that kind of negative impact. So now we're moving into how can it save things, and that's that's cool. I mean, well, let's keep an eye on that for next year's July 4th. You know, we're gonna, still going to be doing this podcast, obviously, until we're old and gray. So <laughs> I mean, but let's watch out for that next year. So, Danny, I've been playing a a mess, a hot mess of chess. Not only a lot of chess, but a lot of not so good chess. Um, if, <laughs> Welcome to my world, man. That's anyone, literally where I live. There's a whole lot of terrible chess being played on the chess.com app. Uh-huh. And, um, <laughs> and what I'm noticing about that, like, you know, what's really funny, dude, is when you get a bug report because somebody got checkmated. <laughs> and no. they actually... Yeah, no, they, they get a bug report because they didn't understand why the game ended and they just couldn't see on the board that the game ended because of checkmate. They're like, there's a bug in the app. The game ended and I can't move the pieces anymore. Welcome to every other life, <laughs> right. uh, every other day in the life of me. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. yeah. And, and I know, obviously, you can see that clearly chess is also ruining people's lives and um, they're soon not going to care at all. Should they? Should they, Danny? Is there stuff going on that, that really well, people should you know, care? So obviously last week we talked about something that clearly uh, made chess matter, this controversial sort of uh, interview and the tension there between Maurice Ashley and Magnus Carlsen and, and sort of the opinions I gave on, you know, how it's a little bit of a foreshadowing of maybe some of the future problems. But Magnus Carlsen went on to use that 
little tension-filled moment as inspiration, and he absolutely dominated in Leuven, Leuven, Belgium, which is the, which was the second half of the European Grand Chess Tour leg. Um, the Grand Chess Tour is this series of tournaments that takes place uh, in different. You know, they try to say major capitals of the world. It's pretty much where some of the biggest chess philanthropers are. Philanthropic investments are being made. Um, and so St. Louis and uh, this group in Paris uh, with Daily Motion and uh, Malcolm Payne's group there, then the, the London Chess Classic. So they kind of took these events that were already massive staple events and wrapped them around this new bubble that is the GCT, the Grand Chess Tour. So Magnus Carlsen used that inspiration from Maurice Ashley, a little bit of a poke and a prod about a not-so-smooth victory, to absolutely play smooth chess in Leuven. And I'm going to put a link here uh, to Magnus Carlsen's performance and the report we had on But he had a 3,014 rating performance. That means he crossed, he crossed the threshold in terms of his quality of play. Gary Kasparov tweeted that it was a phenomenal performance and... Um, he scored 14 and a half points out of 18 games against like the world's best. So he just like absolutely crushed the field. And, um, just it's, it's cool. It's cool when somebody's so good that they turn heads, right? It's like sometimes parody is what people say they want in sports, but they really don't. What they really want is somebody to, you know, to win the U.S. Open by like, you know, uh, you know, 17 under par, like Tiger Woods, right? Or they want oh, somebody yeah. to just crush it, right? They want somebody to do things that are amazing. And Magnus Carlsen had an amazing tournament in Leuven. I love, like I said, I'm speaking normally kind of like Smaug, but <laughs> Leuven, Belgium. Um, and so he dominated uh, the, the back half of the, the European uh, Grand Chess Tour leg. I think it's the Your Next Move. Uh, that's, that's the sponsor of it there. But the big news is not just that Magnus dominated there, but the next leg is going to be in St. Louis here in the States in mm -hmm. August. Uh, yours truly will be there. I'm going to drop in for a couple days. I don't know when yet, probably to just play some some really fun chess with Maxime. I'm going to try to get Magnus to play this year, some giant chess battles, and and we film some funny videos. And So I'm going to come in there for a couple days, but the best players in the world don't go there for me. Go there for uh, Magnus Carlsen and Maxime Vache-Legrave and Akara Nakamura and Wesley So and Fabiano Caruana. It's going down in St. Louis, and the big announcement came out today that after the main event, which is the classical portion, the slow time controls, this rapid and blitz type of tournament we just saw Magnus dominate in, in Leuven and mm. Paris, Leuven. Gary Kasparov, the one, the only Gary Kasparov, will be coming out of retirement to play in the rapid and blitz event that takes place after the main event. What? He, he will be the wild card. Which oh is, so gosh. every one of these events, so like, let's say it's like a 10-player tournament, right? Because you need 10 players to have nine rounds and everybody plays everybody. And uh, a very common format is a round-robin format in chess. So everybody plays everybody, right? Mm -hmm. So every local organizer usually has, like, a wild card of their own. Like, if the tournament is held in London, sometimes Mickey Adams or, you know, one of these great, you know, English grandmasters, Nigel Short, might might get it even though they're not quite at the level of the best players in the world anymore. Um, you know, if it's in Amsterdam, Loke Van Welle, a grandmaster, a Dutch grandmaster. So in St. Louis... Um, the wild card always tends to be somebody from another country, like, you know, a great player, but we don't really have like just like a spare super GM hanging around in the States because the culture isn't as, or as deep or as the history isn't as long. Yeah. But Kasparov has a great relationship with the St. Louis team. And so they somehow convinced him. I don't know what or how much money that cost. Okay. <laughs> Cause Kasparov is not going to come out of retirement for, for randomness. Um, and uh, anyway, Caspi's playing. Like this is huge news, dude. It just was an it was announced like 
like a half an hour before our podcast started, the Kasparov would be coming out of retirement. His first, okay, he's played these little fun little side events before, but it's like tandem chess with a random amateur billionaire who just wants to sit next to Gary, okay? (laughs) But this is... This is like a serious event where he's going to be playing Magnus and Hikaru and Fabian and all these guys in this Rapid and Blitz. And that is going to be a ton of fun to watch. And I think he's going to get crushed. And I can't wait. Oh, my goodness. I, I, I'm, I'm in. I mean, I love watching live chess, I, but I love the, these big, this big, crazy event. This is like the this is like something that like hardly anyone obviously it's like it's like a it's like an eclipse you know what i mean it's yeah. like oh it's like you're alive again to see this eclipse that's only going to happen maybe once and, ever and you know what's funny life. the eclipse is actually happening while this event is going on this this amazing eclipse that's coming up you know the one i'm talking about yeah oh i know yeah i this know this one I, I what's it called again the name of it i didn't remember till you said it, but the this big eclipse that's happening where where the moon will fully eclipse the sun mm-hmm. on this like perfect angle that'll sort of shoot across the whole country let's find a link to that for the for the people that think i'm crazy but this is happening while the st louis while the sinkfield cup is happening um in st louis which i will also put a link here to the schedule and so that's um that's going to be super cool yeah that's the uh total solar eclipse happening on yeah august 21st right yeah i mean i know that's easy name sorry i couldn't think of it but you know i'm not an eclipse guy it's the the so-called great american total solar eclipse (laughs) It'll, it'll darken the skies all the way from Oregon, Oregon, to South Carolina. <laughs> Wait, Oregon? Oregon. Is that like Carl Magnuson? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Carl, Carl Magnuson coming out of retirement right. for a total eclipse of a check checkmate plus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there Match. you go. That's that's going to be. So that makes chess matter. You have an eclipse happening. You have Gary Kasparov coming out on the same day. I mean, the Cubs just won the World Series. Maybe we shouldn't go. Maybe this is a sign of the end of times, right? I mean, a lot of things are happening here. There there it, is it even is it even are we even people anymore? Let's be no. honest. Like, do we even know? Or like, are what we is even going on? Right. I love asking questions like that. The questions of life. Well, I do love asking you questions while I still have you here on the podcast in my favorite section to end out the show, which is Mott's ass an international master. That's you. That's me. It's time for All me right. to ask Danny a question. Now I want to bring it back here to the Maurice and Magnus shenanigans that has been kind of on it doesn't seem to stop danny okay. it just keeps going yep. now you talked a little bit about the Leuven. Leuven. Allora, allora. <laughs> uh, and uh so we were we watched all of master of, of none season two and i don't know if you watched it yet but uh we were just all yesterday uh, walking down the street we're just like allora, allora. <laughs> um, there was this meme these photoshop meme yeah, set the internet ablaze. Yep, it was it was awesome. Can you first? This isn't the question, but to to set up what happened, and then I'm going to okay. ask you a question about it. So the quick the quick and dirty is the Maurice and Magnus interview that obviously by now, if anybody's following our podcast regularly, you have checked out, maybe even checked out my thoughts on it. But it you know it was certainly a, a lot of talk, did pretty well on on social media. Um, you know, it, it leads to, they, they both move on to Leuven from Paris and Magnus Carlsen wins the tournament. And so presenting him with the, the trophy at the ceremony is again, Maurice Ashley. And regardless of, of whether this was just a moment caught on camera in time and it's a coincidence or whether these guys really do 
have a little bit of the feelings they seem to be showing that they have in their face. I don't know, but um, our own photographer, this chess.com gets credit for this, uh, Maria Embrilianova, um, Miss Lova Lova, which is a funny story by itself because she was at the world championship and somebody was trying to interview her and they just couldn't say Embrilianova. <laughs> They're like, what? Embrilianova. What's your name? Maria Embrilianova. And he couldn't get it. So when he announced her, he said, Miss Lova Lova. Um, Anyway, so Miss Lova Lova catches this moment, which is, it was so amazing that you, the initial photo looks photoshopped and it's not. And it catches sort of Maurice Ashley's face looking at Magnus with a bit of, he just looks kind of grumpy and he's kind of also swirled up in like one of those, you know, things that looks like the head has been swirled by a yeah. webcam feature. Yeah. Um, and Magnus is looking right back at him with a little bit of a, yep, thanks for, thanks for handing me this and no smiles. That's the thing. No smiles. And so this photo, by Maria just went viral on the web and it actually was, was featured in, in Reddit's uh, Photoshop, uh, the Photoshop battles, which is not a chess specific thread. It's a, uh, you know, tons of people get involved in those things and people love using Photoshop. And so this, this photo has now been chopped up and redistribu- redistributed in a million different ways where if you looked at the original, it's already so great. You might even think the original was a Photoshop version. Yeah. I remember, I remember when I saw this photo, I didn't see the Photoshop battle yet. And I was like, what is, what is going on in this photo? There's so many, there's so many things. Like not only just the stare, then there's like the actual, like he's holding up a plate, like that's the actual award. And then, then Maurice's reflection in it. And then this guy in the background, um, there's so much happening. I love the Photoshop stuff. So I really have to ask, I mean, I know there's been chess memes in the past, but what are your thoughts? I mean, people may have watched the chess today stuff, but what are your thoughts on not only your thoughts on this, but actually in general, what do you think that the Maurice and Magnus meme itself means for chess as a whole, right? I haven't really seen this happen a lot, nor have I been in the chess industry that long or the community, I should say, but what does this mean? Well, the only other crazy photo, meta level. <laughs> the only other photo that ever had, um, I think it, it it went kind of viral in this way and was uh, was fe- featured also in a Reddit Photoshop battle was this one of Magnus Carlson playing, uh, or actually Maxime Vasha the Grab playing soccer, football, depending on where you're from, mm-hmm. and just some really funny and awkward. Uh, body positions that, you know, were sort of cut up and spliced everywhere and also did, were, were pretty funny. Um, what does it mean? I mean, I think that, I think that from one, one perspective, the fact that a chess photo has the potential to kind of get that kind of attention, I think it means good things. I don't think that this little Maurice Magnus, uh, you know, spat between these two is really going to do any more negativity than have them update their relationship status on Facebook. You know, I mean, I don't think anything bad's going to happen between them. Yeah. You know, I'm sure they're going to be fine. And I think that for the attention it brings to everybody else, everybody else's attention, like, hey, one of the most well-known faces in in uh, chess commentary throughout history. I mean, Maurice is one of the most well-known chess broadcasters in history, along with, you know, after Kasparov and Fisher, even if he, you know, disappeared tomorrow, Magnus Carlsen is, you know, one of the most recognizable chess uh, icons ever and will continue to go on and maybe be the biggest ever because of the world we live in today and, and media and technology. And uh, so I think it's pretty cool. And honestly, it, it means that it means that chess matters. I'd like to think it, it plays back to our podcast. You know, I think it, I think it's interesting to see that it's a funny prize given giving moment and it could happen with 
it could happen if someone was giving, uh, you know, the Wimbledon Cup, you know, at the end of mm-hmm. Wimbledon uh, here in, in a couple of weeks, right? If, if somebody was caught on camera with their reflection looking really kind of funny and weird and people people like like to read into stuff. And just the fact that people care enough about um, a picture taken from a chess tournament, I think is pretty cool. Um, I don't know if the picture means anything about them and, and where they're, you know, what what's really going on there. Or maybe it does. And who knows? But it's fun. And it was uh, it was a funny thing to, to see happen. And whenever Reddit goes crazy with something, it's always funny. You know, most of the time they're going crazy with negativity, yeah. uh, especially toward me. Um, uh, you know, I don't I don't operate in the Reddit uh, chess fields that much because I just I don't seem to get a lot of lo- Miss Loba Loba in there. I don't get a lot of love. Mm. Um, but uh, no, I'm kidding. I, I honestly I think that I think Reddit's pretty awesome, and and that that was a pretty cool thing to watch. Yeah, I think it was fun. I think I think you're right. I mean, I think it does show that it matters, but also there's this there's this whole other. I think when the meme and stuff like this happens, it really brings light to an industry and in a way where people get inspired to see like what else is going on in that community. Like what caused this? Like there's definitely a certain amount of people that are like, are now going to go investigate probably chess a little bit more Mm -hmm. just based off of this one Photoshop challenge, you know? Right. So, yeah, no. And I think that that, that's what it could mean as far as the bigger picture. I mean, it's funny, like we talked about with the, you know, with the, the chess.com, Two, two to the, you know, 32nd, 31st power bug, mm-hmm. right? The two, two billion, 147 million, uh, 600. And I, I used to remember it. Um, six anyway, but you know, it ended up leading to some funny stuff and a whole bunch of people talking about chess world. And just the fact that so many people still live in a world where it was shocking to them that that many chess games have ever been played. Yeah. You know, yeah. and people were like, wow, that's really kind of funny. And oh, look at chess.com. They kind of gave themselves a black eye, but also kind of funny and, and, um, you know, I don't know. I think it's interesting to see that maybe maybe the chess world gets a little bit of a buzz because of some interesting moments like that. It would be cool. I'm hoping for more of it. I love Photoshop contests like this. It's kind of my jam because it's it's funny. It's funny and fun at the same time. Yeah, no, and some of them were really great. I think I yeah. love the Power Rangers one the most. Um, the Matrix one was good. There were some good ones. There were some really good ones. Yeah, I like them. Yeah, I'm going to put a link uh, over there to the chess.com rundown that has a bunch of the most popular ones. <laughs> I don't know, man. This is this is super fun. I love it. Um, man, Danny. Well, I'm glad that you survived Fourth of July. I'm glad that you yeah, got barely. to see some some fireworks and um, your kids kind of liked them. Yeah, no, <laughs> they know. no, they they loved them. I mean, we'll tell you. Tell you, like I said, she reached a swipe left, which was interesting. How she was just swiping and saying no, no. no. She was done with the fireworks, and unfortunately, there were still 20 minutes left. So Talia's, Talia's attention span really represented what was wrong with the fireworks show. Um, you know, so we, had, uh, we put her in one of those baby Bjorns and just kind of <laughs> rocked her to sleep while the fireworks exploded above us. I love it. I love uh, it. All right, buddy. Well, this has been yet another blunders of a coffee house. I'm going to go uh, probably drink some more coffee, I think. And, sure uh, has been. I mean, I think we blundered it up today, but I also think that um, some more blundering shall commence in future blunders episodes. Uh, Very much blundering. <laughs> we'll text until next week. Oh, my goodness. You can find us at blunders.fm. All the blunders that you can possibly handle. Subscribe on all your favorite podcast apps and give us a review if you would like to do so. We would love that and would love you forever. Until next time, Danny, I miss you. I miss you too, buddy. Yeah. I love you so love much. Love you too. Yeah, you know what? We need more listener feedback too. I feel like those couple episodes we were getting a lot of engagement here. Give us some give us some thoughts. Give us some some love. Let us know how you listen to the podcast. Like are you driving? Are you working? Are you zoning out? 
the fam? Like, what's going on with you when you're listening? Yeah, like, I want to know, actually. We should take a poll of that. <laughs> Let us know. We'd love to know. All right. All right, man. I love you. Peace. Yep. Yeah.